They haven't dealt with the one most major thing here. And the one most important consideration continues to be a lack of supply. That is the major issue that people are still facing right now today. They can't find real estate. Welcome to the Flow Real Estate and Money Show. For people in Canada looking to understand the home buying process, to demystify real estate investing, and to make mortgage financing accessible for anyone. The goal here on this show is to help people understand ways to make their money work for them, get in the market sooner, and realistically, completely open up the box on how mortgage financing works. I'm Alex McFadden, your host, and I can't wait to help get you into the flow. So we can all breathe a collective sigh of relief. That was the sound of the entire country of Canada taking a deep breath back and actually exhaling. Oh my goodness, interest rates, they paused. They actually paused, and that was twice in a row. So the real question, is this a sign of things to come? Is this the sign of the end? Is this a sign of more pain? How does this impact the overall market? And what is the consumer thought space going to be after the Bank of Canada decided to hold steady on their interest rate decision on October 25th of 2023? Those are the big questions that are on most people's minds along with a whole whack load of other things. Let's talk a little bit about why they actually broke down and, and decided to pause interest rates and what were the outside influences. Is this a good thing for the market or a good idea in general? And what should we expect going forward in the real estate market? Let's get into it. What's up guys, thank you so much for hopping in and listening to the show. If you haven't done so, make sure to leave a great rating or review on iTunes and Spotify. It helps us a lot as well as share the podcast, please. And thank you if you're loving it. So the Bank of Canada decided to increase interest rates. It was uh, perhaps not the most surprising decision as over the last one to two weeks, it seemed like more and more and more, it was a certainty that they were going to hold rates. But there have been many times in the past couple of years where the Bank of Canada looks like has looked like they were going to do one thing but opted to do something completely different. So it wouldn't have been that much of a shock or surprise if they opted to actually increase rates and not even just once, perhaps twice. That being said, with a combination of the pressure from last time around with the provinces, more and more information out there to support interest rates remaining exactly the same. I can't say that it was shocking or surprising that the Bank of Canada opted to leave interest rates exactly the same. And most people that I'm talking to right now agree that this was probably an expected decision in light of the recent data that's come out. So first of all, where are we today? Today we are at a 5% overnight lending rate. And it's a rate that most of the banks use right now to dictate specifically what their prime lending rate is, which impacts specifically variable rate mortgages, lines of credit, and any other loans or debts that are based on prime. It's important to remember that prime and the overnight rate are not the exact same rate, but again, they are aligned together. So that's why we often hear people getting that confused between the two. At this point right now, since the beginning of the rate cycle that we're in right now, the Bank of Canada has actually raised rates 10 times. There have been 10 rate changes in that period of time. And as time goes on, we start to get a grasp on how historical everything that's going on really is. Whether it be the percentage of increase or the amount of time it took to get to this percentage of an increase, the Bank of Canada has taken a very, very, very aggressive stance over the course of the last year and a half and it's impacted a lot of families two years actually at this point right now but it's impacted a lot of families 
And it's only been just recently that the impacts of the rate changes are starting to take hold both in the market and in the eyes of consumers, which is also starting to impact the job market and so much more. Now it's interesting to note that Canada has taken a stance that is different from what the US has. The US has been substantially more aggressive over the course of the past few months here and it's likely that they will continue to be aggressive as the US still continues to be on fire for all intents and purposes. Although it appears that they're slowing down a little bit as well. Now as far as the trends are concerned, why and how are they increasing rates and what are they looking at? There's a variety of different metrics but we know that one of the, the headline considerations is the trends when it comes to inflation. Inflation showed a slight decrease from 4% in August to 3.8% in September with the bank projecting an overall inflation rate of 3.5% through mid 2024. So we are seeing positive signs of inflation going down in light of the recent bounce back in the summer which is another reason why I think the Bank of Canada decided to hold. Um, the expectations for targets are to return to 2% by the end of 2025 which is a little bit of a longer timeline than the original anticipations which were July of 2025. So basically what that means is the bank still wants to see, the Bank of Canada still wants to see inflation work its way back down over a period of time to that 2% target and for reference point again we're at 3 3.8%. It means we've got a long way to go guys. We've got a long way to go to see interest rates come back down and it means that we're not nearly at the end of this quote-unquote cycle. I heard an interesting statistic the other day or an interesting fact that the Bank of Canada came out to say. The fact was this. This point right now we have only felt the effects of 42% of the rate cycle changes because typically it takes at least six months for a rate change to work its way into the system. Which means that based on that logic, the pain that we felt so far is only 42% of the total potential pain that these rate increases will have as an effect on the economy. That's crazy. So if you think about that, if you're feeling pain financially right now, in the next six months, it can only get worse. And I think that's one of the reasons that some of the projections for the house prices, right or wrong, some of the projections are for house, not just prices, but the housing market as a whole, are to continue to see a slight or ever so slight decline for the next six months. So that's one of the big reasons that they are considering or providing that, among many other considerations, as well as the current path. Now, I go and suggest that I think the housing market started taking its impact at some point in the midsummer. And so, you know, I would suggest that even though there is that six month timeline, real estate is a lot more emotionally based for most people. It's not all just a bunch of investors out there. People are making these decisions emotionally speaking, and it's often not tied to statistics or reality. And so, I, I, my theory is that real estate house prices started their decline sometime in August, which would mean that if there was this quote unquote six month window, that it started sometime in July or August which would mean that the six month path if there were a path of quote unquote decline house prices would be ending sometime in February of 2024. Now a lot of that's going to depend specifically on what happens over the next few months and whether or not the Bank of Canada is completely finished with regards to these rate increases. 
But if we think about 2022, we followed a pretty similar trajectory, but just earlier in the year. It was about June of 2022 where house prices started to decline and house values started to drop. There was a resurgence in the fall and then a decline into an, the absolute quote-unquote abyss of prices in December and January of 2022, 2023 before taking off like a rocket ship again all the way up until about July, August of this year, which is 2023 right now. So objectively speaking, if we followed a similar trajectory, now rates have paused here twice in a row. The rate, the value increases stopped in about July, August for most areas other than Calgary and Edmonton. What that would mean is that if we followed a similar trajectory that we're going to see a rebound again. And that will probably be in February of March of next year. The one wild card is that because interest rates increased from January of this year, the one thing that's impacting people's ability to buy is their ability to qualify. And so that could be the one limitation in terms of the maximum price point. But the demand is still there. And the reason that demand is still there is that we're still dealing with a massive housing shortage, immigration. Building starts have completely started falling off a map in many different areas and communities. And I was reading a report yesterday talking about the fact that in Vancouver specifically, there was a study to show that there was, I think, $1 billion of expenditures on real estate development land in 2021. And in 2023 so far, there's only been $150 million. That's an insane drop. And it says a lot about where development activity is. And if they're not developing, they're not creating new, val- uh, new properties, it means, again, there's not enough supply. And trust me, I don't think the short-term supply, the short-term ban they're putting in place is going to be affixed to the housing supply issue. All that's to say is that my prediction... <clears throat> Obviously, don't hold me to it because something could change tomorrow. But my prediction is, barring any other massive or wild unforeseen event, wouldn't be surprised to see the housing market really start to rally again in January, February of 2024. You can name it, you can clip it, you can hold it, but that is my projection based on today. Now, again, a lot of things could change between here and there, and I'll probably do a podcast episode of all the reasons I was wrong in the future, but that is where things are at. So what that says is, If you're somebody who's looking to invest or buy or get into the market right now, you've still got a pretty good opportunity where there's a lot of people still sitting on the the sidelines and there's still a lot of people who have their properties listed that are hoping to get a decent value. And it's still difficult to qualify. So there's still limitations on the actual borrowers that are out there. Now, talking again a little bit about uh, the economy and where it's at right now. So one of the things that they consider when it comes to the Bank of Canada's rate increases is like wages and and, uh, wage growth. So we still are seeing wage growth across the board in many different communities and areas. Although we've seen a little bit of a downward movement, which is interesting and probably a good sign again in the the form of how inflation is looked at. A couple of other things, a couple of other developments that we've seen are that first and foremost, there are job losses that we can report. Specifically in the tech sector, there's been a massive amount of layoffs. We've heard from TELUS and Amazon and some of these big companies that are laying people off And now those type of people are actually having a harder time getting jobs. And don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of jobs out there, maybe not in the tech sector, and we still have a massive employee shortage, a labor shortage that's going on. And that's one of the reasons that we still have a lot of pressure on interest rates. But this is, again, another sign that the inflation consideration is working. Now, what other types of external things could actually impact this are, you know, let's talk about this new war in Israel, Gaza. 
what's going on there. And I'm not going to talk about it from a political perspective, but purely from a financial perspective, it creates uncertainty. And uncertainty is not a good thing, especially when it could cause an impact to oil prices. Oil prices are one of the things that they didn't expect to be as high as they are right now. And with oil prices being relatively high, again, it's kept our inflation costs up and overall costs up at this point right now. Basically, the landscape of the the economic landscape is changing. It's changing really slowly. But the BOC is appearing to finally suggest that it's working and it is having an impact. Although what was interesting for me is that they actually came out and specified that they may not be done. So they left that that little carrot dangling there in case things didn't work out to say they could increase interest rates. And there's still some economists suggesting that they may see a quarter point increase by March of 2024 if things don't hold out. So what's the projection? Where are things going to go? So I gave you my housing prediction and what can possibly happen there. The projection is that we will see, uh, and this was moved back from where it was a few months ago, but the projection now is that we'll likely see the first interest rate cut somewhere between July and September of 2024, which isn't far off the projections from a few months ago. And a slow decrease over the course of the year, followed by 2025 and 2026. But it's interesting to note that they are suggesting that fixed interest rates can actually decline in advance in about that one-year timeline. So sometime between June to September of next year, if we continue on this pretty level trajectory downwards, that fixed interest rates will fall at a faster pace than variable interest rates will be. Which leads into mortgage products and what type of mortgage product to do and what to do with this situation. Remember one thing, these are all projections and these can all be pushed back and everything to do with these interest rate conversations could be completely false in one day if something significantly ha- something significant happens. But with all that being said, if it is true that rates will start to decline in a year's timeline, then it could mean a great, great, great opportunity for people again getting into the market today. Because again, not only the moment that rates stop increasing, the moment that rates start going down, housing prices will increase. For First of all, people can qualify for more. They can afford more on a monthly payment. And then confidence starts to work its way back in the marketplace. Don't get me wrong, I don't expect that 2024 is going to be a record or banner year for real estate like it was in 2021, like it was in the first half of 2022, or even the second half of 2020 for that matter. But I do believe it'll be probably closer to what it was in 20, say 2019 with a more um, level playing field. And once we get over this first little hump right here, it's probably likely that we'll just see more and more people still getting into the marketplace and buying homes until the point at which rates come down and it'll fuel the market. They haven't dealt with the one most major thing here. And the one most important consideration continues to be a lack of supply. That is the major issue that people are still facing right now today. They can't find real estate to buy. They can't find real estate to to rent. And we're not bringing a substantial amount less people to the country. So that's going to continue to be a problem. So that leads to the question, like, what do you do right now? What do you actually do? Well, depends on what you're trying to do and what your goals are. If you're someone who's well capitalized and you have money or you're making a decent amount of money and you you do have the budget that could withstand this, if you're looking to capitalize on what's happening right now, you could look to acquire real estate right now and essentially get it at what's going to be a discount in two years time. There's no doubt that in two years, property values will, will increase unless something absolutely substantial happens. Barring that, if you get into the market today, there's a very good chance that you will see a massive inflation gain over the course of the next two to three years. Now, 
The one reason this could take a little bit longer to see a massive increase is because there are so many people who are coming up for renewal this year, next year, and the year after. And when those people stop paying 2% rates and they start paying 6, 5%, even 4% rates, there's no doubt that it's going to have an impact on their monthly budget and their ability to buy real estate. But it's very likely that we'll also see rental rates go up, which is good news for landlords, and see job wage growth continue at that time. So that could outweigh the difference there. Now, a quick little hack, if somebody is currently, if you're a listener and or you're a realtor and you have clients out there who are struggling day to day right now, it doesn't mean that someone should wait for a year to have interest rates come down to take action on their existing renewal because the truth is that's just gonna put them in a bad spot and more importantly, that the thing is with these types of projections is they can take longer than expected. And if they do, it's possible that not only will we see more foreclosures, but we'll see more sell-offs and a lot of families in some really tough positions as what I've learned is that most people just straight up don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to and they don't know what to do if they're in a situation where they, they aren't able to make their payments or afford their bills. Canadians are a pretty resilient bunch. I mean, they'll continue to pay off their mortgage, but everything else can start to get left behind based on what's going on right now. So that's kind of what's going on here with the Bank of Canada. I mean, first of all, before I finished, I, I wanna hear from you. Do you think this is the right decision for the Bank of Canada? Do you think that it's likely that my projection rings true? Do you think that it's possible that house prices will start to, to come back up next year, sooner, later? Let me know your thoughts on this type of format and this type of information. I'd love to hear it. Shoot it to the feedback channels at Flow Mortgage Co. on Instagram. And make sure to like and subscribe if you're enjoying the episodes. Talk to you soon. That was an unreal episode of The Flow. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did on my side right here. If you haven't already done so, make sure to check out all of the incredible resources that we have available. You can find us on Instagram, at Flow Mortgage Co. You can find us on our website, getflowmortgage.ca. And of course, don't forget our free first time homebuyer masterclass that's currently available on our website for anyone who listens to the episodes. And if you loved what you listened here today, the only thing that we ask for is to share this with someone else that you think this could help. And hey, maybe leave us a great review online.